Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are going to get a hold of Don Mazzella here in just a few moments, but we also are going to find our guest, and uh, let's go to the telephones and find Dr. Michael Boozler. Get him in here, and we will get Don Mazzella in here as well. The person you're calling is using a screening service from Google Uh-oh. and will get a copy of this conversation. Go ahead and say your name and why you're calling. James Lowe calling for a radio interview. Okay. Well. Please remove this number from your mailing and contact list. Thanks. And goodbye. Wow. Love that. Okay. Well, I guess we uh, will not call Michael Boozler. <laughs> I guess we will have uh, Don Mazzella talk to somebody else. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Let's try it again, see what happens here. We'll see what happens here. Hello? Doctor, how are you? It's James Lowe calling you for your radio interview. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Pretty good, actually. Give me a couple seconds here. I'm going to grab our co-host, Don Mazella, and we will... Uh, Get off and running here on Talk America Live. And uh, we have got uh, Dr. Michael Boosler with us today. He's a public policy analyst, economics expert, and a professor of finance at Stockton University. There. And there's Don Mazzella. How are you, Don? I'm, I'm terrific. And yourself? Pretty good, actually. We've got a uh, great guest with us today here in our broadcast. Uh, Doctor, first of all, talk to us a little bit about your background, and then let's talk about the uh, free stuff primary here. <laughs> okay, uh, always my pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm a, uh, a PhD in economics. I'm a professor of finance at uh, Stockton University in New Jersey, and I'm a featured columnist uh, for uh, a number of uh, uh, websites. Um, the Hill, uh, Newsmax, um, to name a couple. Yes. Now, uh, l- let's talk a little bit about this uh, this situation. Elizabeth Warren says that she plans to yeah. give away college for free. What do you make of this, my friend? <laughs> well, um, first of all, uh, her estimate of what it would cost to wipe out existing student debt, uh, she said around $640 billion. Uh, there's about 1.5 trillion in student debt, and she's looking to wipe off 75 to 90 percent of it. She said so; it'll be twice what the initial cost uh, that she estimated. <clears throat> uh, for for the students, uh, I say to them, free college will probably be the most expensive thing you'll ever pay for. And they said, "Well, what do you mean by that?" I said, "Well, 
when you're in college, uh, it, it'll be free uh, because the taxpayers will be paying for it for you. So for those four years, you're right, you won't have to pay tuition. However, after you graduate from college, you become a taxpayer. So now for the rest of your life, you'll be paying for other people to go to college uh, for free. So this will turn out to be uh, very, very expensive uh, for, for you. Um, for the country itself, uh, it really is something at this point we really can't afford, um, and I'm not sure that we really should be um, affording it. Um, you know, the government uh, does have certain uh, functions, um, and we particularly take care of uh, children, people under 18, and we take care of elderly, uh, too. Um, so for, for education purposes, the local government uh, pays to educate children up until they're 18 years old, you know, through, through high school. Uh, after that, you become an adult, and you're expected to take, take on individual responsibility. Uh, so um, at that point, you should, as students have done, sort of figure out how to do it, uh, decide what you want to be and, and how to get through uh, uh, college. Now, many graduate with, with debt. In fact, um, the last numbers I saw uh, said the average student uh, graduates with about $30,000 worth of debt. Um, now, uh, since the, the uh, federal government gives you 10 years to pay it back, uh, the monthly payment ends up for the average student to be about the size of a car payment uh, for 10 years. Certainly a burden, uh, but not, as Elizabeth Warren describes it, a crushing uh, a burden. Um, if that burden feels heavy, uh, it's because of uh, the size of the income that the college graduate is, is making. And because for the last decade, prior to President Trump being elected, uh, the economy... Uh, hadn't grown at a 3% annual rate since 2005. Well, the result of that uh, average about 2% growth during that uh, decade meant that the economy uh, you know, wasn't growing nearly as fast as it should be. It wasn't providing as much opportunity as it should. So you had a large number of college graduates um, who went to look for a job and, and couldn't really find one uh, that would take advantage of their education. Uh, many had to take jobs for which they really didn't need uh, an a uh, college degree for. Well, that paid a, uh, a lower wage. And as a result of that, now this burden for the college from the uh, student debt uh, seems heavier. Now, what Trump's answer to this is, which I think is perfect, is grow the economy. Make economic growth your number one policy priority. The last administration didn't do that. They made uh, curing perceived social injustices to be their number one uh, policy priority. It's injustice. People, everybody doesn't have health care. It's injustice. Big banks take advantage of consumers. Uh, it's injustice that CEOs make so much more money than everybody else. Uh, it's an injustice. Business gets away with things and really should be regulated. So they concentrated on all of those, and each of those, uh, while they believed they were uh, curing these social injustices, each of those things tended to slow economic growth, which is why we only had that 2% that growth rate. Now, President Trump, as I said, has made economic growth his number one priority. 
He got rid of regulations that were really not needed, burdensome and slowing economic growth. He reduced the tax burden uh, for uh, everyone, middle class, so he had a little more money to spend in most cases, upper classes, so it generated more capital, so we had have more capital for expansion. Since his policies went into effect, we've been growing at about a 3% rate, um, and I'm optimistic it'll go even a little better than that. Well, what's happening is all of these underemployed college graduates uh, are now finding jobs in a higher growth economy that uh, takes advantage of their uh, college degree. So now their income is going up. And as you can do that, now this burden of uh, kind of a heavy car payment for 10 years <clears throat> is not that much of a burden because um, your incomes have gone up. So that's what I think of her plan. <laughs> Don, <laughs> what, 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 what do you make of all this, my friend? Well, you know, um, I, I, I ran into an interesting situation. Uh, by the way, I couldn't agree more with our guest. Uh, he he put it far, far better than I could ever put it. I can only give you uh, an example. Uh, um, I, uh, I have a, uh, at my local bakery is a very, um, uh, there are two or three young college students that have worked there for three or four years, and now they're they're reaching a point where they're uh, 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 reaching their senior year, and they have to figure out what to do. And the colleges, um, their, their respective colleges, say, "Well, go on to graduate school." And one of them wants to be a, a news person, which gratifies my heart greatly. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, she, she's afraid to go out in the marketplace. I said, don't worry about it. You'll find something. But the college is saying, take another year and get a graduate degree. Well, there's mm -hmm. no more better graduate degree than working on a newspaper or a radio station that I know of. Uh, uh, there's no greater uh, learning experience than actually doing it. And I, I'm telling her that. Uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, these kids say, uh, I think a lot of them are afraid to jump off uh, the cliff because uh, they've been brought up you know, for the last eight uh, prior to yeah. President Trump. They were brought up in an area where there's no growth and uh, their, the, their brothers and their sisters couldn't find jobs and they're right. frightened. So uh, uh, I've uh, intervened. The only word I can use is intervene. And I'm uh, working to get these kids, their kids, for my age, their kids, um, jobs. And, uh, you know, um, and, and they're suddenly realizing that there's opportunity out there and that they don't yeah. have to spend another year. But the, yeah. uh, but the, the, the national media uh, is saying, oh, well, everything is terrible. And I'm, I'm saying, um, I graduated, uh, I worked my way through college, uh, all three degrees. And uh, when I Me graduated, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, we, it was expected of us. Now, these kids, uh, pardon, I should say young men and women, or they're all women, have, they're all, they're all, all three of them are working three jobs. That's yeah. nine part-time jobs. To, to pay their way through school, okay? and But they're frightened that if they don't, if they stay, um, they won't find a job and they're able to pay off the debt. And uh, um, I don't want to reveal the numbers, but they have debt. 
they're below yeah. the thirty thousand dollars that uh, you mentioned earlier, and uh, but the the there is uh, I didn't think anything of it, and our generation didn't think anything of it having debt for, for going to college because we we went out there expecting that we would make money, and that uh, at some point we could pay off our debt. I don't know about the, our guests, but I paid off my debt in three years. Um, you know, um, yeah. uh, but I got to tell you, I think everything you said, I think hits the nail right on the head. I think you gave uh, excellent advice uh, to the uh, girl you were uh, chatting with. Look, uh, the reality is um, most professions with a college degree, you can enter and get some real good experience. Some professions are a little better off with a uh, master's degree, but even in those, usually the uh, colleges like to see somebody who's been out working for a few years before they uh, decide to come uh, go on or, or not. So I think you gave great advice, and you're, you're absolutely right. These young people today, they haven't known prosperity. You know, I, I would say I call it prosperity. If the economy is growing at, at least 4%, now you're feeling prosperity. It was doing that back in the late uh, 90s. It was in the mid-80s. You had a couple that were even uh, higher than that. So 4% is prosperity. We haven't hit that since the year 2000. So it's been nearly 20 years since we've hit 4% growth and what real prosperity feels like. So you're absolutely right. These kids, they saw what their older brother and sister had to go through. It was uh, slow growth economy, so there was very little opportunity. It sort of took whatever you could get, and meanwhile, you have all this debt on, on your back. And you know, I don't know if I want to be there. So I, I understand the apprehension. The advice you gave them, I think, was perfect. The economy is growing today. There's opportunity. It's time to go out and and do it. I remember um, Ronald, one of Ronald Reagan's speeches. Um, you know, and the economy in, in 1984, after his tax cut in 82, the economy grew at a 7.5% rate. And I believe it was the uh, State of the Union, although I'm not sure, in one of those years where uh, Reagan said, look, I've, I've set the stage here. Things are good. Uh, take chances. And at the end, he said, if I was you, he said, go for it. He said, yeah. just go for it. <laughs> and he was right. Now's the right time. That's exactly what you've been saying here. It's time to go for it. Yeah, but it's unfortunate we have raised the generation. Uh, we should also, by the way, uh, mention that uh, study after study with corporations have said the same thing. Our young people are not prepared for uh, to go enter the workforce. They're not used to being uh, told that they did a poor job and they're not going to get rewarded. Because even the poorest person, uh, uh, poorest right. student, gets a, a B in in this world today. Um, I, you know, uh, but I I, I always uh, stumble on my thoughts because I've got so many r racing, and uh, J Jiggy <laughs> always brings a guest that uh, makes me race. But um, uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, corporations um, today say um, that they're not prepared. And the other thing is the Democrats um, just went to the White House and got uh, trillions of dollars for infrastructure. 
But as um, it was pointed out today in, uh, in one of the newspapers I read, we don't have enough construction people to do the uh, uh, do all of the construction that the money is supposed to do. We, uh, there are simply not enough uh, people, engineers, or laborers to do it. And uh, uh, the solution, for, according to the New York Times, is to let more immigrants in. But the, then hmm. at the same time, the New York Times says we shouldn't exploit them. But somebody's got to do the hog work, uh, you know. Uh, hmm. uh, you can't have it both ways. And uh, I, I, I sit here and uh, uh, I'd much rather hear from the guest instead of me blabbering away. Well, uh, so far, uh, I like everything you're, you're saying. You, you know, you, you brought up this uh, $2 trillion bill. Uh, that they want to spend on infrastructure that we all agree is is needed. But you're talking about $2 trillion. Now, the next step is how are you going to pay for it? Um, the deficit uh, is, is already um, out of control and has to be brought down. Uh, and now you're looking at adding all this extra spending, which is uh, admittedly is, is certainly needed. It is extremely difficult uh, to try to get the deficit down now, you certainly, this administration will not raise taxes, and it's a good thing, because raising taxes would again slow the economy once we finally have it going now, so that's good. So the only other choice is to get the government spending down. Now, the federal government this year will spend $4.4 trillion this year. Um, uh, unfortunately, they'll only bring in about $3.6 a trillion dollars in revenue, which is how we end up with the deficit. So how are you going to get that spending down, $4.4 trillion? Um, $2.7 trillion of it, about 60%, is for Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, which so far everybody has said is completely untouchable. Now you have uh, interest on the public debt, uh, probably in the $600 billion range, roughly uh, uh, let's say about in the 600 billion range, um, and that's another 10 uh, percent of the budget, 15 percent of the budget. So now you're up to about 70, 75 percent of the budget that I don't know how you're even going to touch. Um, now I can start working on the the rest of it, but I mean you have defense in there. You know that's the 700 billion dollar range, um, and then everything else. So, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to get get the spending down. Um, I think the only solution, which is extremely unpopular, uh, is to look at some of those uh, entitlement programs um, and see if there's some way we can control spending on those. Um, they're even in worse shape because if we don't control the spending, um, I think the Social Security has only got about uh, 10 or 15 more years until it, it, it becomes... Uh, insolvent so we need to work on that too well i'd like to uh, point out something uh i uh, i went through the newark new jersey school system and, and uh, at the time that i graduated in 1960 there were 138,000 students in the school system in the newark school system and there was yeah. 124 administrators okay and board of <laughs> education 
Now there's under 100,000 uh, students in Newark, and there's 740-odd administrators in Newark. Now, yeah, you, and their salaries are significantly higher than they used to be. Absolutely. And then if you go through any, um, any government uh, agency, um, uh, Mayor de Blasio just added $500 million to his budget. Um, uh, he's also, I, I don't know, over, I don't know how many more people. Uh, while cor corporations have flattened their, uh, their levels, uh, uh, management levels, uh, in government, they've increased them tremendously. There, uh, a government official just testified here in New Jersey that um, a, a program to uh, uh, entice corporations to expand or come here um, is, isn't working. And he just admitted, uh, came across the desk, that uh, uh, he knew of the problems, but he didn't bother to tell anybody. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, hmm. um, I, I always yeah. go back to, to Harry Truman's great line. President Truman said he always thought the president was a servant of the people. And when he left the White House, he thought he got promoted. Now, if all of, <laughs> you know, uh, if yeah. all of our public, <laughs> um, uh, I have to tell you, if uh, I, I got a parking ticket, uh, um, they put in a newfangled system that photographs your car. And because right. my wife was in the car parked, um, uh, it took a photo and said, uh, I thought if you have somebody in, in, in the car, uh, in the wheel, you, you didn't have to pay a quarter. But it turns out in our town, the, even if you have, as the guy said to me at the city hall, if you have seven people in the car, it makes no difference. You are occupying a space. But the huh. way he said it, when I walked in there, and I asked to explain it, I'm a pretty reasonable person. But he acted as if I was asking him to, for the crown jewels, you know. Mm. And he and he was a, yeah. a township official. Uh, yeah. We we have we have built up bureaucracies in this country, and we've built up in the uh, social security, and the I can't I cannot tell you what my Medicare. I go in. I don't know when. I don't know if you're on Medicare yet, or, but when yeah. I go into my druggist. And I get my pills. I don't know whether I'm paying a dollar or $135 for my pills. Huh. It, it, it is crazy. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, you, you, you bring up some excellent points. The, <laughs> the government is supposed to be working for the people. And we get the impression that it's the other way uh, um, Around and you know uh, historically, people worked in the government. They they had a sense of purpose. They understand that they understood that look, they weren't going to get paid as much as you would in the as a in the private sector. But you were working for the government. You were giving something back. You were contributing. Then all of a sudden, government employees' uh, salaries started to go way up. Now the average uh, comparing jobs, the average uh, government employee makes about 30% more than the average person in the private sector. And the benefit package for the government employees is usually significantly better than it is in the private sector. So you're absolutely right uh, uh, that uh, the government has been charging us a lot of money to do these things for us. 
Um, and that's a reason why uh, our taxes are, are so high, particularly looking at a local level here. Um, I live in New Jersey. Um, I guess we have the highest property taxes or one of the highest uh, in the country. So um, I look around and I, I see these things, and it's true. The government salaries are, are way up. Their benefits are, are way up. And with that, you would think, well, they're getting paid well. They at least ought to treat us better. But um, I get the same kind of treatment you do often from uh, government officials. It's unfortunate. And by the way, it, um, uh, well, uh, my experience, my wife is from uh, Minnesota, and we had to get, uh, we wanted to get married in Minnesota. And the w way they do things in other states is so much different. I'm, uh, um, I better not say anything uh, more about New Jersey, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but th there is a difference Sorry. state by state, and yes. uh, uh, you know, um, it, it's uh, really interesting. Let me uh, let me uh, turn it around for a minute, and uh, uh, we we had an the nation saw an experience yesterday. I don't know if you watched the Attorney General Barr uh, yesterday, but I thought yeah, he I did, just I did. did a ma magnificent um, performance. Yeah. Uh, against, I agree. Uh, and but you know what was to me really interesting is I read four newspapers in the morning, and it's like Rashomon. <laughs> you know, the New York Times didn't even talk about how good a job he did. They the lead story was about the three senators who went after him, and right. uh, he gave good uh, tit for tat. And, um, you know, if you look at different newspapers and different media, it's, uh, to me, it's always um, uh, uh, overwhelming. Uh, I was taught as a journalist, you present the facts and let the, the reader or the listener decide. But this is not the case in today's world. But my qu no. question really is, and I'm sorry for talking so much um, uh, today, um, um, uh, the, the idea is for the guests to talk, but uh, you catch me at a, a bad time. Um, but uh, what do you think of uh, what, what the Attorney General Barr uh, has done with the Mueller report? I tell you, I think he's handled it perfectly and very professionally. Um, the report came out, and as soon as the report was released, Everybody started screaming, we need to know what's in it. We need to know what's in it. He said, well, it, it came to me un, unredacted, uh, so I've got to redact for some things, but I'll tell you what, I'll read the whole thing, and I'll give you the conclusions from the report as soon as possible. And that was on a Friday. On Sunday afternoon, I believe, he said, okay, here are the conclusions from the report. And he gave those conclusions. And then he said... As soon, I, I'm, I'm going to redact for four reasons, and he gave what those four reasons were, and I'm going to color code them so you can see how it goes. Um, I'll do that as quickly as possible. It took him about three weeks to do that. He did redact it. it what had to be redacted, then he released the whole thing to the public. Um, and I think um, in his conclusions, when people said they got on him because, well, there was so little in the conclusion, and he said to them, look, I'm just, you, you want the conclusions within a day or so, so I'll give you those, but that's all I can give you because I need to go through the whole thing myself. 
so he gave those conclusions, and now they're saying, well, he was trying to hide something. But, I mean, it was only literally 36 hours from the time when he got the report until he uh, gave those conclusions. So, again, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think what the report says is that uh, there was absolutely no collusion between any Americans and the Russians. <clears throat> and secondly, uh, there was not sufficient evidence to charge the crime of collusion. Now, he uh, of obstruction, I meant to say, I'm sorry, obstruction. Uh, now, he added he couldn't exonerate, but his job is not to exonerate. Um, you're not guilty or innocent. You're presumed innocent, and you're either guilty or not guilty. So if you don't have evidence to uh, charge a crime, you have no evidence, therefore the presumption of innocence, and that's it. Um, so I think the whole thing is over. The Democrats will politicize this as long as they can. Your original question was about Barr. I think he handled it perfectly, and he handled himself perfectly yesterday. Couldn't well, agree uh, with you. As, as we wrap up here, because we've got our next guest calling, um, Doctor, how do we get a hold of you online? Um, how do we read your articles? All that. Surely. So uh, on Twitter, you can get me at M. B-U-S-L-E-R, that's at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. And on Facebook, uh, just go on your Facebook page, search Funding Democracy. So it's facebook.com forward slash Funding Democracy. But if you're on your Facebook, just search Funding Democracy. You'll see all my columns there. Fantastic. Well, uh, well, Don, we're going to take a brief break. I'm going to call you right back. And, uh, Michael, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Look forward to doing it again. Thank you. And uh, we are going to take a brief time out. And when we come back, we have got our next guest coming up. When you're looking for today's best. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 